Greetings, heroes, and thank you for answering the Summoner's Call. Presented by the Gamers Inn, this is a podcast for all fans of Fire Emblem Heroes and the Fire Emblem franchise. I'm your host, Ryan Murphy, and joining me as always, my co-host, Eddie. How's it going, Eddie? Not too bad. That's good. Did you have a fun week? I can't believe it's already been a week. Uh, it was It was a week. It was quite... I mean, it was... In some ways, it was quite pity-filled, but, you know, that's a different type of... Oh, uh, yeah. Well, it was certainly seven days in a row, so... Um, well, enough of that. Let's talk about our banners that have been happening and some summoning. We've got some summoning to talk about. Exciting times. But before we do that, here are the banners running right this second as we record. we got Weekly Revival Banner 26, Shared Purposes running until the 27th, Hostile Springs running until the 27th, Tempest Trials Plus running until the 28th. Heroes with Combat Boost running until the 29th. New Year Omega Special Heroes. Sounds like a sounds like a Power Rangers sort of move. Uh, that goes to the 31st. And then heading into February, Dark Dark Desert. I almost said Dark Desert. Dark Desert Rituals goes until the 17th. Um, now... That is a good smorgasbord of of banners to summon from, but uh, we all know which banners we summon from this week because we have a brand new special heroes banner to talk about. Um, Dark Desert Rituals, Lou or Lou. <laughs> I don't know why I have z- zombies in my podcast in my mind. Uh, Eddie, how did you do with your summoning? Ah, uh, well, like I hinted at or mentioned earlier, it was quite pity filled for me uh, in my initial summoning. Uh, batch. I got a Fallen Julia, a Dream Corn, and a Caden. Uh, though in the process, I also got a Four Star Raphael. Uh, upon returning later on, um, I managed to get Katarina. Uh, I think I got her during the week on the random, you know, as I was building up orbs. Uh, but once I, you know, was able to get a handful more orbs, I did manage to get uh, Dorothea after a bit and. Uh, Took a bit longer to get Tharja, but along the way to get those two, uh, I got quite a few more um, pity breaks, pities, uh, with a Fallen Julia, another Fallen Julia, another Dream Corn, as well as a Leg Yarn, and I think at least one more that I uh, think I already merged, because I, you know, I had already merged by the time I went to double check who I had gotten, but quite a lot of pity breaks, but I did eventually get all the special heroes yeah oh man it seems uh like you and i had a had a similar run with this banner in that i experienced a very similar thing where i had a bunch of pity breaks um leading up to i will spoil it here my my luck and i walked away uh so i had about 150 orbs put them into the new special heroes banner and kept getting uh i got four off focus five star heroes which again like from a luck perspective that's pretty good but obviously not what we're hoping for when we summon on a special banner i got and they were all repeats too so that made it a little bit worse for me as someone who just likes to have or needs to have one of each hero like if if one of these was a, a brand new one i would have been happy but uh i got rinka shamir brave micaiah and Catherine. Again, all duplicates. And then I, I was at zero orbs, and I'm like, oh, man. I feel like that was kind of my shot. So I stepped away for a bit, got some orbs from Tempest Trials, and I figured, oh, what the heck, we'll go back in and see what, how we do. Ended up getting Dorothea and uh, Lean pretty quick, in within about 20 orbs, and I was like, okay, I'm good. I, I can <laughs> I can walk away here thinking to myself like that, I, that was yeah. the one you were looking for anyway, right? It it was the one I was looking for. Dorothea was one of my favorite characters from uh, Three Houses, having played through uh, Black Eagles, and um, you know I wouldn't have minded uh, getting Raphael or uh, or Katarina or or even Tharja. I think they all look really cool, um, and we'll talk about their specific skill sets and and everything else in a little bit. But at the end of the day, I think the duo harmonic hero was was kind of what i was going for and um i'm just happy to get one honestly like i i dumped almost 200 orbs into this i feel like if i were to go back in it would be greedy and the world and the game would punish me for that i just i know that's not how it works but i know that's how my brain would would feel it so i gotta walk away at this point um but yeah i agree most of them look pretty cool uh you know 
Tarja wearing, you know, exactly what she wears all the time, and Raphael forgetting to wear anything or most much of anything. Yeah, we'll um, talk about him in a little bit, but I'm pretty sure oh, he, yeah. he's wearing especially, someone else's outfit. Especially considering uh, his movement type. But um, <laughs> yeah, we'll cover that when we go over the heroes later on. Uh, but uh, CYL5 has also started. Uh, it's you know, separate website like it usually is. Uh, expecting a Fae channel to cover the results uh, as well as the other stuff for the anniversary early February once it's ended. It ends on the 28th. So we've got a couple more days to hop in and get your votes in if you want. Uh, but before we get to that, we do have a bunch of events going on during this week uh, with Hall of Forms starting up on the 25th. We have the Voting Gauntlet login bonus starting on the 26th. Got the Mythic uh, hero banner and mythic battle uh, starting on the 28th. Uh, the voting gauntlet that that login bonus goes with starting on the 29th. Heroes with Wrath banner coming in on the 30th. And an, as well as another round of Ponza Loki coming in on the 30th. So Nice. Good stuff. Uh, we'll cover this a bit more next week. I did notice that there's a bound hero battle starting up a couple days or like uh, if not the 31st, early February, and it looks like we might be ex- getting an Awakening banner in February. Ooh. That would be fun. If, if the previous Bound Hero Battle info is correct. Although it might have been a revival, and I'm just misremembering. Yeah, I'm not sure. So. And I mean, you did mention it um, sort of before the calendar events with the, the Faye anniversary. Uh, you know, right around the corner, um, actually... By the time, I, I believe next episode, as you said, will be one where we'll be talking about what the Fae anniversary has in store as the uh, event starts on February 1st, so shortly um, shortly True. after. So we might get the Fae channel like the 30th or 29th, yeah. probably the 30th or 31st, maybe. But Yeah, well, I'm looking forward to it. I can't wait. That's always exciting when we get new stuff, and um, I'm I'm all for new stuff, which brings us to our special heroes. This is new, although we 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 touched on it last week, but this is going to be our full blown analysis and or uh, look at uh, dark desert rituals on a secret mission to determine the dangers of a cult worshiping an ancient evil dragon named Grima. Heroes from Awakening, new mystery of the emblem, and three houses dress up in traditional plagian arm plagian garb to blend in almost had armor uh we'll get to that in a bit uh at the end of the day it was just another festival we have a lot of those a celebration of incredibly breathable clothing uh that was uh i can't remember who who said that in the forging not forging bonds um tempest trials i can't remember now it might have been dorothy and lean honestly should have been Raphael because uh Mm-hmm. Yeah, very breathing. Not, not breathing. to mention, we do have one person from genealogy joining with Lean as part of the. Oh harmonic man, I hero. missed missed the harmonic hero. I'm sorry. Well, yes, genealogy of the Holy War as well. Sorry, Lean. I mean, she is technically second second fiddle. So, can you blame me? <laughs> uh yeah, always in the shadow of Dorothea, which we will talk about in a bit. But uh, let's start with Tharja. Tharja, florid charmer. Tharja is well-known as a dark mage and hex enthusiast, but she's also a native of Plegia, which is hosting its own festival today. Tharja, Florid Charmer, is a green tome flyer wielding Plegian Torch Plus. If unit is not adjacent to an ally, inflicts penalty on foe's attack slash resistance during combat equal to 5, plus any current penalty to each of these stats. So, for example, if foe has minus 7 penalty to attack, inflicts attack minus 12, for a net penalty of attack minus 19 during combat. Calculates each stat penalty independently. No new skills. Her rounding out her kit is reprisal as a special Swift Sparrow 3 in the A slot and speed slash resistance rain 3 in the C slot. So she is, um, I've got to say it. She feels like this. the look of the character, I mean, Eddie, you alluded to this earlier, but her look could easily been a resplendent version of Tharja, although I, I suppose you could say that for all the heroes in in this banner that have normal versions of themselves, but maybe even a brave version of Tharja could look like this. I mean, the other heroes in this banner, their normal versions aren't, you know, 
awakening this outfit themed you know they might have similar things in their home countries or worlds uh which i think katarina alludes to that there's something similar but not quite like this in one of her discussions or something uh but you know this is straight up what Tharja normally wears, kind of. You know, this is her home country, uh, and, you know, she's the hometown unit, and yet one of the kind of weaker units on the banner, mm-hmm. uh, kind of being outshined by Katarina there. But, um, yeah, it's just kind of normal stuff for her. If they had had Henry in here wearing his normal outfit or a fancier version of his normal outfit, it you know, would have said the same thing about him. But, yeah, like, for it- Raphael... Nowhere in three houses does he wear anything like this. <laughs> well, have you made Raphael a dancer? Uh, no, but the dancer outfit is pretty much the same for every unit. So oh, okay. I've I seen what maybe... all dancers look like. I thought maybe he, he wore, I don't know. I don't know what he looks like as a dancer. So I, He um, might have his chest out as a dancer, but you know. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I guess you're right. Like, yeah, obviously this... You know, this is her normal garb. It wouldn't necessarily need to be a resplendent, but if they were to do a, a brave Tharja, I don't think, you know, now with three houses and and the amount of years it would take for Tharja to get like a brave version, it, it, it could be, it, it just could be something that never happens, but it, it feels close. Like you say, like this looks like her normal outfit, you know, plus plus in that it could very mm-hmm. well be a brave version, but yeah, I don't know. Special headdress and maybe bit fancier uh shawl or something like that mm-hmm. but i've come around though on this banner I, I think the look of all the characters is are it's an interesting touch and if I mean if we're gonna get one plague in banner and it's a one and done i think they did pretty good across the board maybe outside of tharja they could have made her look a little more uh fantastical but um yeah anyways all right if anything, just not put Tharja on the banner, because... Yeah, you, know. you could have given the slot to some... Or, or make her more powerful. Like you said, like, she is the leader of the group, and that this is her... her She's got hometown advantage. I don't think she's got hometown advantage. <laughs> like, if you're saying that she's... Oh, no, I mean, looking at her skill set, and, you know, other than... I think Swift Zero 3 is a Tier 4 skill. Um, other than that... She could easily have been Raphael, Raphael, who's the four-star unit. She could easily have been the four-star unit on the banner. You know, she's got same type of weapon as Raphael. Hers is just a green tone, you know, version of the kind of generic, you know, how there's usually a generic theme to uh, seasonal banners. Uh and Katarina even follows that, but more powerful. Follows that theme, but even more powerful, as we'll discuss here in a moment. But yeah, she's got, you know... If not for the fact that they didn't make her the four-star unit, she easily could have slotted into four-star unit. You know, mm-hmm. looking at her skills. And for comparison, let's move on to Katarina, as we've been mentioning. The Torchlit Wanderer. No stranger to infiltrating countries based on her role in Mystery of the Emblem. In her backstory there, uh, Katarina gets an alt on this banner as a blue tome flyer unit. She wields the Fell Flambeau, which speeds special trigger. And if she is not adjacent to an ally, it debuffs foes uh, on all four combat stats during combat uh, by five plus any current debuff. Um, And that is added to the current debuff they already have. Uh, so, like a debuff of seven on a unit, it'll add five plus seven, twelve to that uh, debuff um, for a total of nineteen debuff on that s- stat. And it does calculate each stat debuff separately, uh, so it'll stat things up quite high if you've already been hit by a debuff. Uh, and to help get hit people with those debuffs, uh, she has a new skill in the chill line. Um, this one being chill defense resistance which at the start of the turn debuffs the foe with the highest defense and resistance, uh, defense plus resistance total, by defense and resistance minus 5 through their next action. Uh, She also comes with tier 4 attack speed solo, Luna, and attack resistance range. So she has 
skills in pretty much all her slots. Uh, her weapon hits all four stats instead of just two of them. And, you know, so similar to Tharja, Thar- just a little stronger. I, I don't know stat-wise. I didn't look into those details. Mm-hmm. But Yeah. Not, uh, it, yeah. It's one of those things where, and I think most of these units have that sort of, um, that ability, uh, like I know, well, our next hero also has something very similar on his weapon, uh, Raphael Muscle Monger. Raphael, the powerhouse of the Golden Deer, is making a special appearance for the festival dressed as a Plegian merchant. And oh no, it looks like his rippling muscles are a little too rippling and his shirt can't contain their power. Sharina and I agree that this was the only way to intro Raphael. He is a colorless bow armored unit wielding Plegian Bow Plus, effective against flying foes. If unit is non adjacent to an ally, inflicts penalty against flying foes. If unit is uh, on foes attack, Sorry, if unit is not adjacent to an ally, inflicts penalty on foe's attack slash defense during combat, equal to five plus any current penalty to each of each each of those stats. So same sort of breakdown as uh, we described before. Calculates each stat penalty independently. No new skills, but has smite as an assist. Odd follow up three in the B slot and attack smoke three in the C slot. And as Eddie mentioned, Raphael is available as a four star summon on this banner. So um, one yeah. one quick note: You say his shirt can't contain his, the, his power. What shirt? Uh, he wasn't wearing. He's not really wearing a shirt. He has a cloak. It's hard that, to say. Like, yeah, you look at it, but it, his cloak has sleeves, right? Some cloaks have sleeves. I guess maybe it's a coat more than a cloak. Maybe he just but, decided like the shirt wouldn't contain his muscles, so he just didn't put it on. Because if you look yeah. at his at, at his bottoms. <laughs> <laughs> they are also not being contained. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and of course, based on Tharja's winter armor from a couple of years ago, I should have realized this would be an armor outfit. Yeah, never thought of it till I had him and was, you know, got, like I said, I got him as a four-star summon early on and was using him. And, yeah. I mean, just, I gotta say, thank the gods that his loincloth is, is staying <laughs> intact. Because, um, like, yeah uh everything seems to be working the the cloak works the loincloth works everything else kind of falling apart his sandals look to be fine um yeah his facial expression doesn't really work no he just looks a little indifferent if anything he looks mean and angry which really doesn't fit Raphael at all (laughs) no but if you go to his special art where he is firing. Oh, yeah, his, his special art looks more like him. Yeah, definitely. I think it's the food. He's just thinking of the food at the festival, and he's literally got food like surrounding him. Looks like you've got like some um, sushi rolls, shish kebabs. Might be a little bit of a like a like a bean dish. It's hard to say. I'm not a food person, so I don't know. It, it is what it is. I I think this art fits him so well in the sense that, of course, they're going to draw him. You know what this looks like? It kind of looks like when you go to the Fire Emblem Heroes subreddit and there is there is a hero that is, um, let us say, scantily clad. And then someone draws like a male character in that in that sort of get up. It feels like this is one of those pieces of art that you see pop up. It's like this is a male in what is traditionally like a like a scantily clad clothing. So, but although he's, it's, it's very scantily clad because he's, he, like you said, he does not have a shirt. Yes, on. It, it is definitely some beefcake for the ladies. <laughs> yes. Beefcake. Uh, which considering how much, you know, eye candy they give for the men, it, it is fair to have some beefcake there. Yeah. Uh, but like, I can't remember which, which expression, maybe it is his special or something, but you know, just the way he looks in one of them really didn't fit his demeanor in the game at all to me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, his, his attack is very stern. Um, and his damage art as well is, is also very un raphael like From my experience of, of just playing through Golden Deer now, is he's a pretty jovial guy, even when he's having a hard time. He's also very loud, probably would not choose him for a stealth mission, especially one uh, at a festival where he may be 
distracted by food. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, but yeah. Is, yeah, his attack art does not look like him really because he just he always strikes me that you know even concentrating in a battle he's not going to have an angry look like that. Exactly. But yeah, when he his special when he gets all the food around him that looks perfectly Raphael. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Now, what about our harmonic duo? Yes. So. Sorry. Shamir and Petra return. Wait, wait, sorry. Great voice actresses, wrong characters. I mean, the young songstress of Garrig Mock is joined by Lean from Genealogy in this harmonic hero uh, with Dorothy and Lean as a red tome flying dancer unit. They have a harmonic skill that grants resonance shield which grants defense resistance plus four and prevents enemy follow-ups during the first combat on each phase, player and enemy, to themselves and any allies from the same games as them. Uh, I believe that lasts for one turn, while also giving the ally with the highest hit points that has already acted and is from the same game as them within two spaces, another action. Uh, if there are multiple units uh, that meet the conditions in range, uh, so that if there's a tie, it does not activate. Um, they are wielding the Fell Candelabra, which grants attack plus three, and inflicts a debuff of negative six on each combat stat on any foes, if they have the highest in that corresponding stat. I think that means like their um, uh, dance, uh, bonus dance that even works on dancers. I forgot to mention that part of it. Uh, with their harmonic skill, it might not work on ties, but I'm not entirely sure. It might just hit everyone if they have a tie. Uh, they also have a new skill called Swift Impact, uh, which grants speed plus 7 and resistance plus 10 to them while preventing foes from uh, doing follow-up attacks if they initiate combat. They are a dancer, of course, so or they dancer they are a dancer, so of course they come with dance as well as uh firestorm dance and attack speed rain so mm-hmm. um I mean elephant in the room, like another alt Dorothea before we get a standard Dorothea like do does intelligent systems think that we're not interested in? Like, I know, you know, Dorothy is the type of character that you can apply to special banners and, and get people to buy orbs or, or do more summoning, but I feel like, I feel like we should, I feel like intelligence systems really should, like, try to give us, for very popular characters like Dorothea, give us their normal version before throwing a bunch of special heroes at us. Like, I, I don't know if my point is making sense, but it just feels like there are certain characters that you give us the standard and then you give us the special heroes. Like I understand. I kind of understand what you're trying to say, but it also, you got to kind of, you know, realize that you find Dorothea to be one of your preferred characters. And she is probably, I, from what I understand, she is pretty popular overall, but I mean, every character is potentially someone's favorite. True. I mean, I don't know if they're just doing it for the memes, but there are plenty of people in our Discord who seem to like Riss. I mean, <laughs> or I think it's actually supposed to be pronounced worse, which fits because he's the worst character I've ever encountered. But but Riss got a know. special. He got a normal, and he hasn't gotten a special hero yet. So he's, yeah, normal. He's yeah, special. But you know, there are people who are fan of Charlotte. He hasn't. I don't think he's gotten a special. He's no, it's normal. Okay, that's what I said. He's gotten a normal, but you know, there are people who are fan of Charlotte who from year one, has had a special unit but still hasn't gotten her normal version. But we haven't gotten another so, special Charlotte, right? True. We haven't gotten another special Charlotte either. It's just, you know... I guess I just I feel like... I don't know how IS determines. I wish they would give us every character. I mean, uh, but then again, a... I mean, we're guessing part of the reason for this type of thing is that it seems that normal banners that have a lot of repeats aren't as... might not be as big as you know, new characters from that game. So, you know, it's hard to say what their decision process is. Mm-hmm. Who knows if we'll get another, a normal Dorothea. Um, you know, unless she gets no normal unit this year, I don't think she's likely to be lined up for Easter because that seems a little soon to have three houses on there again. Um, maybe Bridal, they could do there, do it there, but 
you know, I kind of doubt it. I mean, I I don't think we have any character that has three special units but no normal unit. So I think we're more likely to get a normal version of her before we get another special, but you never know what they'll decide. Yeah, I, I can see... I was kind of, you know, theory crafting this and that what special banner we could see them on. I, I think... I think just uh, maybe not the next Easter one, but I feel like an Easter could be fairly well received for Dorothea. Um, but I think bridal makes the most sense from a, from, from a setup perspective. Cause I feel like she comes around later on in the story, but early on in, in Fire Emblem, she's very much, or three houses. She's very much like getting an education so I can meet someone and settle down and become like a, like a Lord or whatever. Cause she's, like early on like she's very focused on that but eventually she does you know understand that there's more to life than just settling down with a with a uh what are they so you got commoners no noble yeah settling with a, a noble so um luckily i see where works. you're coming from there and definitely in her you know uh first half of the game timeline she definitely has an eye to it but she also doesn't strike me as the one to really worry about the outfit for the day. So True. her being a bridal seems a little abnormal to me. You're yeah, right. She point. is one of the ones who talks about marriage a lot more than anyone else, but she sees it more as a business transaction of a way to, you know, make sure she is well set up for her later years. Cause she won't be able to be a songstress forever, you know? True. Or maybe they'll just uh, they'll just cram a character into the bridal gowns that uh, or or or, bri- or groom um, suits to, that does not want to dress up because that's always fun too because um, yeah. watching them squirm a little bit yeah I, I mean it's uh, I think you're right I think it's very likely we get a Dorothea a standard Dorothea in the next or c- upcoming three houses um, new no, heroes we banner. might we might not get a standard young Dorothea the standard Dorothea we might get might be war arc instead of academy arc but maybe yeah Yeah. i think there's a 50 percent possibility and i don't know if felix is meant to be war arc or academy arc for the uh winter version of him but i think there's a 50 percent possibility that anyone who's already gotten a version that's going to be their academy arc version you know not counting the brave characters you know you think so i I don't think we've I think we've really only moved on to the war arc I for hope not, but I think it's a good possibility. Yeah, you think they'll skip? Because I mean, I see where you're coming from, and that the stand I mean, like the like, the one I can guarantee is definitely um, Academy arc in their summer outfit is uh, Ingrid because she's got her long braid, which she doesn't have when she's in war arc. Oh, you know? okay. You're saying so that, that that might be Ingrid's Academy Arc outfit, or she doesn't get a normal Academy Arc. She might get a normal War Arc design. But oh. and to be honest, as much as there's a part of me would like a normal version of all the Three Houses units, the fact that the Academy Arc has them all wearing the same outfits—do we really need more people in that same outfit? <laughs> That was the point I was going to make is uh, as I was thinking about it, you know, all oh, they should stick with the Academy, but then you're right. Like all the Academy characters are wearing similar robes and, and really the different, the differing heroes are the Lords and we got all of those. So they yep. could easily move on to the, the war act where everybody has a unique look. Now there's a few more characters who aren't even in the game yet. Like Marianne. Um, I don't think we have Linhart yet. Uh, so there's That's a fine. couple more characters that need to be added in period, but I can yeah. definitely see them like, not sure exactly how many haven't done a full head count yet, but you know, after one or two more banners where we get the last of the Academy arc, I can see them moving on to war arcs for characters and maybe giving characters like Bernadetta, who already has two Academy arc versions, a, although I guess since she already has a special version, it's hard to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Well, let's move on to the final hero related to the uh, Plagia Festival. We've got Chris Ardent Firebrand. Chris is a little-known hero who eventually became Mars Royal Guard, but allowed all of his feats, both on and off the battlefield, to be attributed to the prince, giving up his place in history. 
These days, Chris finds himself going undercover at a festival held in the desert kingdom of Plegia. That's why he's dressed up in Plegian attire. He's trying to blend in with the festival atmosphere. Plegian Chris is an axe cavalry unit wielding Plegian Axe Plus, where if a unit is not adjacent to an ally, inflicts penalty on foe's attack slash defense during combat equal to 5, plus any current penalty on each of those stats. Again, calculates each stat penalty independently. Since Chris is the Tempest Trials Plus unit, he has no new skills, but his Draconic Aura has a, as a, or has Draconic, Draconic Aura as a special. Speed Defense 2 in the A slot and Chill Attack 3 in the B slot. A uh, few things to note on this character. It's really interesting to see the original Avatar getting some more attention, so it's I'm glad that um, they threw, you know, male Chris in here and it, and it kind of opens the, the door for further special heroes maybe getting a a female chris special or another male um special so it's uh i like that they've done that also that posture for his sort of standard art what how do um plagians have good chiropractic coverage because i feel like that would hurt a lot to stand like that who knows maybe it's something he's trained to do (laughs) I have to pull it up to see exactly what you're referring to. Cause... Oh, well, when you see it, you'll know it because it's it's one of those it's and again, like this isn't the, this isn't us being like, oh my god, this is the first time a character's ever stood like that. Obviously, there are a lot of female characters in the game that that have that weird like arch back but standing sideways. Although you can see the back of my you can see my my the back of my shoulders, but also see me looking straight at you. Um, yeah, all of his other art perfectly normal but that first one just looks like he's hurting himself <laughs> posing like that and like i said i'm not naive i'm not sitting here saying this is the only character that does this there are plenty of of characters both male and female in the game um that stand like this but uh eddie i don't know if you've had a chance to pull it up yet but i'm, I'm more worried about his waist <laughs> if well, you look at how his legs are sitting for his waist to bend like that i feel like it's you know you know what it is? Someone already used that axe to separate his waist, and that band is the only thing holding him together. You know those old school GI Joe dolls that were like it was basically two, like his bottom half was the legs, and they could move, and then the top half was his torso. But the the two were connected by this like elastic, and you could kind of move them around and stuff. It kind of feels like that. They've just kind of like twisted him unnaturally, but naturally due to the fact that he is just a GI Joe doll. I I don't. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah, looking over the shoulder like that, I mean, I'm I'm starting to wonder if part of coming to do this infiltration is that he had his uh, neck and his waist cut in half or cut off at those and just were reattached so he can rotate them 360 if he needs to. Yeah. Because there, there's no way any normal human could make that pose. And yes, some women have done it before, and it doesn't look normal on them, but it looks no. especially abnormal considering where his thighs are facing as compared to where his stomach is facing as compared to where his neck is facing. Yeah. It's just one of those things had to mention it since I saw it. And, uh, I know the game is, is guilty of having other characters do it and, and primarily, uh, female characters. So, um, I I guess they felt they had too much beefcake with Raphael and they didn't want to give you his abs in that shot. So, you know, (laughs) until they could properly cover them with the, yeah, by uh, by breaking his back, cloth straps. Yeah, so you know, I don't know, but he looks cool outside of like outside of his normal his sort of um, neutral art. He's um, he looks perfectly normal and and as though happy to have a working spine. Um, it's not uncommon for them to pay special attention to avatars, and it's nice to see them starting to give that same uh, right to the. Uh, Japanese only ones here from mystery. So agreed, hundred percent agree. Uh, well, that is going to do it for our special heroes banner that we have right now with dark uh, desert rituals. But that leads us to the Outrealm Gate as we hop on through that here portal to talk about our Three Houses Game Club. 
and uh, we are continuing our White Clouds Claude Root playthrough. And yes, we will be heading into part two with Verdant Winds, but that's gonna be that's gonna take us some time to get there. We're still working our way through part one as promised, and we played chapter three this week. Um, and we're promptly greeted with the fact of how long a full monastery run takes. So one chapter was plenty. Uh, and I'm without, not even sure yeah. this could be considered a full monastery run yet. Oh yeah, you're right. There were still still unlocking things. Yeah, um, like book chapter four, I've already dipped into, and you're unlocking more things. And I think I still don't have the blacksmith unlocked. So. Oh gosh, yeah. Well, we will get to we will get to that, and we'll talk about what we unlocked this week. In Chapter 3, after successfully dispatching bandits, the church ups the stakes in having children take on a rebellious lord who is raising an army against the Church of Saros. Rhea and Setith have asked Byleth and the Golden Deer to travel with the Knights of Saros, led by Catherine, to deal with the aftermath of a rebellion against the church raised by Lord Lenato. But before all that, we get to walk around the monastery again. Unlocked this month is Counseling in the Chapel, the Lost Items Quests, and the Faculty Training. Once the month concludes, you venture off on your mission to check in on the efforts to quell Lord Lonato's rebellion. When you arrive, you're greeted with your first Fog of War mission. Then you're greeted by the fact that the rebellion has not been quelled. It's up to the Golden Deer, Catherine, and two knights of the church to clean up. Defeating a dark mage ends the Fog of War and brings along reinforcements. Inching closer to Lord Lonato, make sure to keep your allies alive as it will present you with a reward at the end of the map. After defeating Lord Lonato, the students wonder why their school year has started off with blood on their hands. But Claude quickly points out that if they hadn't stopped the rebellion there, it would have moved up the road to the monastery, taking out small villages along the way. Chapter 3. Yeah. Now, I will note that claim of Claude strikes a little uncertain. I'm not sure Lonato would have necessarily raided villages along the way, but, you know don't know for sure so it's better to stop it now you know than let it go all the way uh, yeah. but another thing that does happen right at that point is uh, after discussing that Catherine comes up with a hidden note they found on Lonata detailing plans to murder Rhea during the rite of rebirth the following month uh, so when you get back to the monastery you discuss it for a little and everyone thinks it's a poorly thought out plan that has Little to no chance of succeeding, but they must take it seriously, so they're going to increase security during that in Onraya, which mm -hmm. will lead into next month's mission, which we'll cover next week. Yeah, that was a little piece of info that I must have uh, glossed over as I was playing through, and um, yeah, that's a really good point. It does lead into the next chapter. Um, the, the items you get, the bonus items, I don't know, Eddie, if you were able to keep, it's fairly easy to keep the two knights I, alive. I was pretty easily able to keep them alive. You can, you can quickly kind of get ahead of them and then they kind of, they kind of hover until the very end. I found the, um, they kind of hover around Catherine, especially if you move on ahead. All right, they, they always say around Catherine, um, and I did my crazy grinding. So everyone was very pretty high <laughs> level that, you know. No one was really much of a threat to almost any of my units, so... Yeah, yeah. I, I kind of had a an easy steamroll as well. Um, the, the bonus items you do get, if you're able to keep them both alive, is a secret book and goddess icon. Uh, that's the bonus items you'll get. Um, again, like, if you're on your second or third playthrough, maybe those items... And playing on normal, those items might not be something you absolutely need, but uh, always nice to have little bonus items when you need them. Uh, but yeah, it was a fairly simple map. I mean, the Fog of War didn't really give me a hard time, and you defeat that Dark Mage pretty quick, which dissipates the fog, and you're you're able to see everything coming. So, yeah, yeah pretty simple stuff. Yeah, I mean, this introduces Fog of War maps, but it's not something they really overused, which I didn't mind. I've always found Fog of War maps to be kind of annoying. Yeah. It does introduce you to the concept. Mm -hmm. It uh, gives it, it like it. It teaches you, as you said, what it is, without making you feel as though it's a frustrating mo mode. Because the fact that it clears the fog pretty quickly was was a nice touch. Because I don't think anyone really likes the fog of war stuff, and they, and they they foreshadow it pretty well in that they talk about if you in during the monastery phase, if you talk to everyone like I do, because I can't leave people hanging. Um, <laughs> 
someone will say like, oh, hopefully the fog doesn't settle in and we get to do some sightseeing. And I guess the fog is a is a typical phenomenon for the area. But uh, and of course, oh, when we get this there, isn't that normal fog. But yeah. no, no, it's not. But it's a good cover. We didn't suspect it to be magic until we killed the dude responsible for it. Um, yeah, yeah it, it was uh, the the monastery sections were a lot more a lot heavier although as eddie said it's 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 gonna get it's gonna get busier as more stuff is added but um uh the lost item quests i had unlocked the roster i believe we talked about this last week this was my first time sort of getting into uh the abyss and and kind of checking that out um full time and i i did the abyss dlc side quest to unlock the roster and I saw the little, I was like, first trying to figure out, I was like, how do I access the roster? How do I know it's working? And it is literally, as you said, Eddie, just a little icon on the top right of the lost item that you found to kind of, it's just a clue mm-hmm. as to which house they're in, right? And that's it? Yeah. It tells you which house they belong to normally. So Yeah. Which is handy, it, but it's still more yeah. thinking than I want to do. <laughs> I, I'm just going to use and a that's guide. That's fun. I'm not, you know, no. arguing that. Like, I use a guide for tea times when I do them. Ooh. So. Never even thought about that. Um, and the roster also gives you like, doesn't it give you a second opportunity or something in tea time? You can recover from yes. a um, faux pas. If you choose something wrong, it'll say, do you want to rethink that one time? Oh. Thing. So. Okay. Yeah. Like I'm not giving myself a hard time for using, I know you're not also giving me a hard time. I'm just thinking like I put all, I remember when I first played through, I just remember talking to every single person asking them if every lost item was theirs because i was just like it's easier for me to brute force this than to try to figure out whose this is because i was talking to everybody anyways so yeah i'm gonna use a a guide this time but now if you know they're part they were originally part of you know uh black eagles you know it's got that symbol right up there so you can you know not hand them the things that go to the church or the uh golden deer you can only try all the black eagle things if you want that is a very good point it does uh at least cut it in three you you know a third of cuts it down by two thirds there's the math i was looking for so you're right that is a little more than that but yes yeah it's helpful it's helpful for sure yep um i got uh what else say oh i recruited so dorothea and bernie they joined my house um i boosted their support level thanks to my Black Eagle playthrough, so they had requested to join my class, which is fine, because those were two of my favorite, two of my favorite characters um, from my first playthrough, so I don't want to kill them, so I'm happy to have them on my team. A little bit of a spoiler, light spoiler there. Um, I also recruited Anna and all the Abyss folks, which I know you did last week. This Again, like I said, yes. I forgot to go to the Abyss in our last <laughs> playthrough. Now I did recruit Anna this month because you couldn't recruit her. Oh, last that's month. right. So, yeah, Anna's but, a weird one. Um, I'm gonna say this. Oh, I sound... mentioned in Discord. I, she has the most perfect for her character quote, uh, where while she's attacking her enemy, she says, "I sell uh, some like I sell first aid kits." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> always selling. Yo, well, yeah, she crap you, but I can sell you a first aid kit after we're done. Yeah, she she really takes the merchant stuff to heart. Like she she says, like, oh, I want to join your group, but I'm not giving you a discount or something. Like she she's still yeah. happy to sell us stuff or or whatever. Uh, I I gotta say though, like her voice sounds more annoying than I remember Anna sounding like, but I'm pretty sure that's always been her. So maybe I'm wrong I... here. It's it's hard to say for sure. I mean, I don't know how much voice acting there was in Awakening and Fates. Uh, her voice fits her to me, to my mind. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's just because I've played a bit with her during um, my Black Eagles playthrough. Because uh, I don't think she unlocked till I was partway through, but she did unlock while I was still playing through there and other stuff, so it fits her to me. But, you know. Hard saying. I'm not sure they've used the same voice actor for multiple games. I'm not even sure if it's the same voice actor for this version of Anna as is as it is for Faye. So, yeah, I don't know. This is just something that popped out at me, and um, she is a character that has uh, similar to the DLC has limited 
support conversations. I don't even know if she she may just have support with Byleth. I have to double check on that. But I know like yeah. when I was using her, she was not you were not seeing the support support. I'm not support even sure if she has support with Byleth, but she might. Um I'm gonna I'm gonna look it up real quick because it's gonna bug me if I don't Yeah. I don't know. Uh yeah, but, why are there no first question on on Bing? Uh why are there no Anna supports? <laughs> so yep. That uh, that is going to give you your answer right there, Ryan. Um, yeah, so I recruited Anna as well. As you said, this is the first week we were able to do so. I I will say this, like, um, going into the Abyss and having played through the game before, I think I was correct in my theory that I wanted to wait for the DLC to play through the game again. And I know we're getting up on the one-year anniversary of the DLC, so I, it's still taking me a long time to play through it. Mm-hmm. Um, but the abyss has really helped in sort of mixing it up and and kind of making things different because you are spending time in technically a different locale. I don't know if the yep. things introduced in abyss are gonna keep me there very long because it feels like some of that stuff is more item related, and I don't I don't feel like I'm yeah. really drawn to that. I don't know. Yeah, abyss. It's a little thing, extra thing to do each month. You'll get a few more discussions with the various characters of the Abyss, of Abyss and the Ashen Wolves characters. will stay down there almost exclusively. I can't remember for sure if their lost items will pop up down there or if I even found any of their lost items, if they have them. Uh, but it has some new little things. Um, I mean, it's a way to gain extra renown, especially if you're like me doing crazy grinding or you just realize, you know, hey, I'm only going to use, you know, two or three of these chunks of meat each week, each month, so I can sell a bunch of this stuff that I'm not going to use uh, for renown. And then you can later on, that's how you get the um, uh, Bissian exam passes, so you can make your characters into those uh new cl- new classes there mm-hmm. so um then there's the little guy who shows you your character stat growth i he, i guess it's just so you can see how your stat growth is growing because i don't know if he gives you any way to actually change it yeah um i wasn't really sure in what the that second was. half there's a couple extra characters a couple extra things you can unlock uh, but that doesn't unlock until the second half, so... Okay. I'll keep an eye out then. Um, yeah, I just... I, I, maybe it was because it was the first time through, and next week when we talk, it'll be like, okay, yeah, maybe Abyss doesn't add too much, but... Um, it's a little something new. If it's your second, you know, if your first time playing through with it there, it's something new. Mm-hmm. And, you know... Yeah, I think that, that makes perfect the sense. Renown... So you can purchase harder to get hold of weapons or indoor uh, items. Although you might have to unlock that before you can do that. But you can take a bunch of those things that you have no use for and turn them into renown. So. Hmm. Interesting. But that. yeah, that was also why I wanted us to do the Cinder Shadow story before we did this playthrough. So that you would have that unlock to go through. Yeah. You know, oh, I'm glad we did. I'm glad we did. Uh anything else to add about our time with three houses this week? Um well, like I said last week, I uh recruited everyone last week and recruited Anna this week. Um and I did some crazy eddy level grinding and that I have all students with five classes. Uh most of the four basic classes and one intermediate class. There were a couple where either due to time i just didn't get them one of those classes or because i didn't get um enough points uh during the instruction to get their uh magic skills up enough might not have gotten those classes um also for this chapter if you had ash he has uh special reactions i don't know if you get those reactions if you haven't recruited ash did you get any reactions from ash during your playthrough uh no not, not anything crazy. Okay. Yeah, I didn't even bring Ash with me, but I think I still got some comments from him during it, like, um, why are you doing this Lonato type stuff? Because Ash was raised by Lord Lonato. Oh. So he, ha- he takes this a lot harder. He did, he did mention something specific to it, but it was more like, 
like along lines of other things just like oh why are these i wonder what's up with this guy like usually he's not that bad or or it didn't really yeah didn't really shock me now you've recruited ash do you think maybe that that is the difference because i find when characters are in your house they speak more well they they speak with more detail Maybe it has to do with him, whether or not you recruited him. Um, but yeah, he's, you know, he was rescued by Lord Lonato when he was a, you know, he was a commoner rescued by Lord Lonato. And so he always found him to be a good man and doesn't understand why he's doing this. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Makes sense to me. Yeah, that I did not recruit him, so I didn't didn't get anything crazy from him um but hey maybe i'll have him recruited next week when we move into chapter four of white clouds uh as we continue our playthrough of the claude route thanks to our extra life donations we received in the year 2020 eddie that is going to do it for this episode of summoner's call i hope everyone enjoyed themselves visit us on the web gamersinpodcast.com slash fay email the show fay at gamersinpodcast.com you can check out the Fire Emblem channel and the Gamers in Discord at bit.ly slash TGI Discord. You can follow us on Twitter. You can find me at R. Murphy, Eddie at Drowfear, and don't forget to follow the show at the Gamers in for show updates. Be sure to check out serenesforce.net, our go-to resource for Fire Emblem news and information. It's going to do it for this episode of Summoner's Call. Have a great week and happy summoning. Mm-hmm.